everybody, and welcome to Osteo, where we spill all the tea on all things osteosarcoma. I am Mia Sandino, my oncologist's least favorite notification, and with me today is our lovely co-host, Camille Wall. Hello, hello, everybody. Uh, she's not British. Uh, so today, <laughs> uh, today we're going to be talking about anxiety. I know it's something that a lot of us feel on a regular basis. It's not fun, it but we're not here to dive in on it. We are. Um, first, a couple of little MIB news. Cam, you want to kick this off? Yes, of course. Registration is now open for our Factor Conference. It is June 22nd through 24th in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeehaw. I think I said that last time. You did. <laughs> Georgia is not yeehaw land. It's more of like a Waffle House. Yeah, I say I say we all go to Waffle House. I think that that is the vibe. Absolutely. Absolutely. In addition to Waffle House, there is something for everyone at Factor. From scientific sessions to wellness and Warrior HQ... You can register on the MIB website or contact events at mibagents.org if you have any questions. Mia, you've been to Factor a few times. I unfortunately haven't, but what has your experience been like there? I have only been once, and I'm excited that it's going to be in Georgia. That way, it's a big city. It's easy for everyone to get to um, because I know that last year, um, even though it was in beautiful outside of San Diego, um, uh, it was very, very hot and humid that weekend, unfortunately, uh, and so a lot of people were very sweaty. Um, but it was an incredible time. Uh, we There were so many great wellness options. My mom put together a collaging class for people. Slay. There was just some really great activities like, like floral arrangements. Um, Warrior HQ is so much fun. It's like constant arts and crafts projects, and they put up all these TVs with these gaming consoles. And so you can game to your heart's desire and talk to people and hang out. And they had cold water in there, so it was definitely a hangout. Um, and then in the scientific sessions, they were fascinating. Like, I, I, I think I know a decent amount about the science behind osteosarcoma and what's new and upcoming due to some of the osteobites that I've done that I've been a panelist on. Sure. But man, this is some cutting edge stuff. I was fascinated sitting in. I was, I thought I was going to be bored, and it was really, really cool. And you just get to meet all the familiar faces that you've seen on MIB, the voices that you've heard, um, and it's just a really great time. You know, we have the warriors versus doctors uh, <laughs> competition, um, where we just play a different number of games. I whooped my oncologist in a donut eating contest and it was really fun and memorable and was a great start to a wonderful weekend so i highly 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 recommend going please go if you can make it um please look at you know factor on our website um and you can contact events at mibagents.org if you have any questions like we said earlier but it really really was a great time yes i'm so happy i'm so happy that mib does this and, you know, just bringing together, you know, the osteo community, which, you know, it's just so important for scientific advances and just community building. So slay MIB, slay. Okay. They keep it going. All right. And also upcoming this month is Healing Hearts for Siblings, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern. 
Uh, this is a really great program that MIB does. Um, and it's really, really helpful in building the osteosarcoma community. Um, so Sunday, April 16th and Sunday, April 30th, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we will be hosting a Zoom for that. You can sign up on the MIB agent's website or email Isabel, and that's I-S-A-B-E-L, at MIBagents.org. Um, so please hit her up or go to the website if you have any more questions about healing hearts. Um, I really recommend it. So yeah, shall we Shall we dive in? Yes, we'll dive in. Also, guys, if you're watching on YouTube, you might have noticed I am now bald. <laughs> buzz cut. You're not bald, bald yet. Yeah, not yet. But um, yeah, for all of y'all that like follow in on our journeys, um, I mean, I feel like this is just a very, you know, scanxiety is a very imminent topic for me because you know I'm processing some scan results, um, and um, you know, starting starting some chemo. But um, yeah, I'm doing okay, Mia. How about you? Um, I am both slaying and decaying. Um, I have a scan on Thursday that I am very anxious for. Uh, this is also coming out on a Thursday. Um, today is Monday, April 10th that we're filming. Um, and my scan is the 13th, um, which I forgot is also the anniversary of my grandma's death. So not the best omen. Oh, um, oh. and not the best timing for my poor mom. So... Sorry, mom. I, I, sometimes she watches these. Um, but <laughs> um, yeah, I also have mono on top of everything, which is why I sound like a dollar store brand dresser. Um, I'm not as congested as I was. Um, and my throat isn't that bad anymore. Um, but yeah, so I had to push my scan and I've been anxious about it because anxious for it. I have a bump on my skull that I don't really know about it could have been there for forever and i just haven't noticed it or it could be cancer and that's the fun game that you get to play when you have osteosarcoma when you have any bodily pain or a symptom of anything you're just immediately going to think it's cancer and webmd is going to tell you that you're right so let's just <laughs> let's just sit with that for a minute yeah so um Something that I've had issues with with my scans that I just want to touch on very briefly before before I let you talk a bit more, Cam, is um, a lot of people don't realize with head scans um, that they don't always do your entire body when they say full body. Um, when they say full body, uh, they usually do neck down, usually to, including your lower legs, but not always your feet. This was an issue when I had some foot pain and I got scans and they were like, we think it might be a tumor. It wasn't, it was just some stress in the area based off of how I walk. Um, but we didn't know that until, you know, the next pet a few months later. Um, so that causes a lot of anxiety and I, you know, have, you know, this bump on my skull and I have a little one on my jaw that I'm now realizing is probably just a swollen lymph node for me having mono. Um, yeah. So not as worried about this, but worried, worried about my noggin. Um, so always make sure that when your oncologist is putting in the order, make sure it's head to toe, just in case. That's that's my little snippet of advice. But how are you coping? I just, I just realized we forgot to do our 
best, first and best segment of the show. What's the tea? No, literally. But it's not too devastating. Oh my God. What are you drinking, my fellow osteo icon? I am drinking, ooh, love, love the cup, love the tumbler from Marshalls and the Nail Slay. Or, and the Nails, yes. Um, I'm drinking orange Mio with vitamins in water. And guys, it was Easter yesterday, and the Easter bunny came to my house and he gave me an ice machine. And I literally love ice so much. Like, this cup is literally to the top with ice because there is just something about sipping an ice-cold beverage that just brings me so much serotonin and so much joy. So the Easter Bunny really just brightened up my day yesterday. Um, So let me read it. Please do. I'd love to hear it when I go on. 10 out of 10 like there's that's it point blank period <laughs> no no i want an ice bevy i am drinking lukewarm tea uh since i made it about half an hour ago um i have two tea bags going of the same kind um so it's double tea i guess um it is elderberry immunity and stress tea because i'm always stressed which is why i'm a hot girl that takes zoloft and um my immune system is trash and i have mono rating oh my rating my rating of my delicious tea um i would give it because it's lukewarm an eight out of ten but i feel like it really does it really does help um i've also been taking a lot of disgusting tasting wellness shots um to help with my immune system so my pet scan goes well literally everything is revolving around scans i don't know if you feel like your life constantly revolves around scans but i certainly do um to quote one of the greatest movie franchises of all time uh vin diesel's character dom from the fast and the furies um i he says i live my life one quarter mile at a time i say i live my life three months at a time which is the average time between scans uh (laughs) sometimes six weeks sometimes six months yeah Oh, I've gotten there. I've never gotten there, but a girl can dream. So I guess, as we all know, we're talking about the scans I did today, and I just wanna, I let's just touch on like what what are the types of scans that we've had, and like, um, for maybe some new osteodiagnoses out there. Let's just talk about like the process of it, um what like a typical day is like on scan day and all of that so for me when I was first diagnosed I think I got I got three scans and keep in mind this isn't this was in 2013 so I'm not sure if like protocols have changed or anything but um my original tumor was in my right tibia, so the first thing I got was an X-ray. <laughs> um, first thing I got was an X-ray, which was just like after my pediatrician went to my pediatrician, and she was like, "Uh-oh, this does not seem." Oh, spaghettios. Uh-oh, spaghettios. Um, and yeah, I mean, an X-ray is it's pretty it's pretty slow, pretty simple. It's a pretty quick procedure i'm sure like i feel like ct scans and mris are a little more like 
what's the word obscure scans i feel like yeah you know heads especially heads especially yeah but an x-ray you just go in you lay on a table they tell you to move you know position your limb in a specific way and then they're like cheese and they just take a <laughs> so it's pretty it's pretty quick and um painless yeah um but yeah do you want to talk about cts yeah so i've had probably the most cts of anyone in mib that's not me trying to brag because uh, that's a lot of radiation exposure so if i didn't have cancer earlier i definitely would have it now um yeah so basically a ct scan is kind of like the babyest of the big machine scans in my opinion yeah because usually what they do is they put you on this little table um it's kind of like a moving bed you just lay down um they'll bring you into the tube it's like a little roller coaster. It is like a little roller coaster. So <laughs> you're just on this moving thing and you go under this tube and you're like, uh oh, am I going to feel claustrophobic? And the answer is probably not. And that's because CTs are very fast, generally, at least the ones I've had. Um, I usually get CTs of my chest and lungs uh, because I have a lot of lung metastases. Currently, I don't have any that they're worried about, but that could change. We'll know by Friday. I think it probably will, knowing me. Um, but you just go in and put you on the tube. They're like, okay, take a breath and hold your breath. And then you hold your breath. It feels like an hour. It's really only like 10 seconds. Um, and then you let go. Sometimes they ask you to take another breath and hold it again. And then they just slide you right out. And that's it. And it's really very convenient. Um the only time that it takes longer usually is if you have a CT with contrast, and that's when they put iodine in, uh, some some iodine-based substance. I'm not a scientist. I am not a radiologist. Um, uh, it usually makes you feel like you peed your pants. Um, you didn't pee your pants. Uh, don't worry. It's just that your mouth gets weird and so that's the You're depths out there. Like, I've only gotten CT contrast a few times, but I felt like I was going to throw up, like, lava. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, my God. But and then your whole body feels like it's unfair. It's so weird. But then within, like, two minutes, maybe. It's it's less for me, but that could I could have a higher tolerance. Or maybe it just feels like 700 years when you're... Maybe you're slightly allergic to it. You know, we don't know. No one ever knows. Yeah, but... It's a very strange feeling, especially like, I don't know, with the gravity of like the whole scan, like what the purpose of it is. It's just oh, like, yeah. girl, can this be any? Anybody decide any sort please? <laughs> um, yeah, and then MRIs. MRIs are a loud, wild child in the scans, in my opinion. So loud. Um, <laughs> literally for what? I understand that it's part of how the machine works i don't know is it like a location like bats i don't get it it's yeah it's it's, it's like what magnetic i sound magnetic so right now or that's not the ball sorry monos mono <laughs> be safe kids don't share beverages um so yeah um 
MRIs are just really, really loud. There's a lot of banging noises going on in there. So if you're prepping for an MRI, just know about that. Um, which uh, I think it's really ironic. I think MRIs are really ironic. The I and MRI stands for irony um, in my heart because uh, usually if you get really bad migraines, they're worried that it's like a brain tumor or maybe, you know, they were worried I had um, like baby stroke, like a baby stroke because one of my eyes was droopier than the other. Turns out it was just nerve damage. So that was fun. Um, but yeah, uh, if you have really bad headaches, they're going to be like, let's give you an MRI. And then they put you in a metal tube that's making really, really loud noises for like 30 to 50 minutes. Yeah. Well, some people are nice and they give you um, earplugs, um, which I, I, I had, I've had MRIs for my leg, but recently after my relapse, I had a brain MRI for the first time just because they wanted to be super vigilant and like check everything. They just want to see how cool you are. Like, they just, yeah, they want to see the sleigh in my brain. <laughs> um, but yeah, I and I had SPRT radiation in a machine called the MR Linac. And that was like, uh, it takes a MRI in real time to like see the tumor and like target it. So I have, yeah, it's super cool. And I'm going to do that again, I think. Yes. Slay. Slay. So, um, yeah, sometimes they give you a little movie to watch. Um, but then they like, I had to get it with contrast and they like pulled me out and they didn't remove my earplug. So I couldn't hear what they were saying to me. And they're like, Camille, hello? Hello? I was like, I literally can't hear you, babes. Like, I literally can't. But and you're not supposed to boob. So it's not like you want to take your earplugs out until after the scan. Right. But I feel like the brain MRI was a little spooky because they do, like, strap your head down a little bit. Mm -hmm. So definitely, you know, beware um, if you're claustrophobic. It, you know, I, I'm i definitely the type of person to um, take a little anxiety pill before. Um, prescribed, obviously. Prescribed, prescribed, prescribed. And um, most of us cancer patients end up with anxiety in our prescribed medications. Um, obviously, we are in no, we have no training to give out medical advice. Um, Correct. This is just, we're just sharing anecdotally what we do to help for our scans and asking your doctor about anxiety meds potentially could help. Ask your doctor. And when and so, ask your doctor. Exactly. But, um, and then I think last, or do you have any experiences, MRI experiences you want to, um, I've had it done on my leg, on my foot and my brain. So those are the only real MRI experiences I've had. I've also had bone scans. Um, I've only had one of those before. Um, those take a while. Uh, oh put something weird in your blood and then, uh, they just see what's going on with your bones. Um, it's Sometimes you forget there's a skeleton rattling around in there, but there is. Um, and that was basically just to see if my cancer had progressed anywhere else in the bones, and it hadn't. So that was very slight. That was back in 2018. So, um, yeah, it hadn't progressed yet, but it has It has since. So there's that. Um, so keep getting your scans. Um, and then there's, there's the big boy. What I view as the big boy, and that are, you know, those are the full-body PET scans. Um and they're PET CTs, so it's a CT along with a PET scan. They do it kind of all in one machine. Um, 
And that one is the longest in terms of you have to sit there for quite some time. So basically, they inject you with radioactive glucose. Um, it's a safe amount. Don't worry. They don't want you around pregnant people for the next 12 hours. What? Um, yeah. So just be careful about that. And if you have like really small pets like hamsters or something, that's what y'all just told me once. Yeah. So it's about... Um, so it's, yeah, just a little, a little dose of radiation, but basically it's so they can track where the glucose is going in your body. Obviously, cancer cells are reproducing at a very rapid rate, and you need a lot of sugar, which gets converted into energy, that ATP life. It tracks where the glucose is in your body and where it's being metabolized the fastest. Um, but it takes about, like, yeah, they want it to sit in you for a good, like, 45 minutes, Um so you just kind of vibe. There's usually a comfy chair and a blanket. Um, they usually start an IV on you, not with fluids, but just in case they also have an order for contrast. So they can put contrast in about halfway through the scan. So that way they get, you know, kind of the best of both worlds, uh, a, a PET CT without contrast and with contrast. Oh, and we'll go. It's really nice. Do well. Two, exactly. Uh, but I'd say the whole thing usually takes about two hours in all the scan itself is usually more like 40 to 50 minutes um but pet cts can be very scary because um they really are what detect cancer or things that are very active in your body um and so i know that i'm i'm very skinxious which is <laughs> the uh adjective of skin anxiety um, so I am anxious about my scan because it will show me throughout my entire body where I could have cancer. Um, right. there have been some false flags, like what happened with my foot. It turned out to just be stress. Um, but you should always, um, so don't, don't freak out because sometimes they send you the report that the radiologist has written, who isn't your doctor or, um, and if you read too much into that and start Googling every single term that's in there, you could freak yourself out. Right. Um, so I don't recommend doing that, um, as tempting as it is. Uh, but there are things that you can bring up with your doctor. Um, also, just know that all forms of skin anxiety are valid. Um, they're extremely terrifying from x-ray and up. Um and no matter what stage of your journey you're in, and if you're newly diagnosed, if you're a few years out from treatment, like no relapses, or, you know, if you relapse a few times, um, if you're on treatment, off treatment, everything, you know, once you've gone through cancer treatment, like, obviously you're going to be scared about yeah. scans. Like, this, you know, determines your reality and your existence for however long and it's scary and it's you know, it's scary and it sucks it definitely sucks there is no way around that um you really do start living scan by scan um obviously it's best to live in the moment but sometimes you just cannot i know your job just dread it and um uh, some fun news about me. I am in a relationship now, which is lovely and wonderful. Um, I love my girlfriend very much. She is the best. Um, but we've only been together for three months as of today. So, 
Len. And she has not um, been around for me getting a PET scan. Oh, wow. It's an experience for her. Yeah. So this whole thing is, is kind of new to her. And so I just kind of wanted to touch on what you can tell the people closest to you to help you. And again, these these are just our anecdotes, what comforts us. And we're hoping that it will give you or someone you love some comfort as well. Um, but I, I had kind of freaked out a little bit last night, you know, we were sitting on, on this couch, uh, we had just had dinner and I, I told her, I was like, I am pretty freaked out and felt about Thursday because my life is going really well right now and it's the mono. Um, and I'm scared that what the scan will say is something that could disrupt this beautiful bubble that we've been in because you haven't experienced what my life is like. Of course, I've told her many times about it, but unless you're there firsthand, it's kind of hard to experience. And she asked me, what is the best way I can support you this week? Because she's wonderful and the best. Um, and I said, just keep being you, keep checking in on me, send me funny memes, you know, that that's always a great all the main way to help just knowing that someone you care about is there to listen and not necessarily tell you oh well just stop stop being anxious like you, you don't want someone telling you that you want someone to be like your feelings are valid yeah get it out like talk it out tell me Have what's tried not being sad um be you know, this is this is my main effort and i still get sad sometimes but you need you need a full range of emotions you don't want to be numb and you want to you know kind of go through the stages the stages of anxiety grief and that's totally normal and okay yeah in fact if you weren't feeling anxious and didn't have ski anxiety i i would be concerned for you yeah something there's something <laughs> there there's something there um but yeah, kind of similar, like, as to with your girlfriend, I'm personally not in a relationship, but my friends are, are my rocks during scan time, especially on the day, like after the scan, I, you know, I've learned how to kind of deal with this through therapy. Don't be ashamed if you go to therapy. It's really slight. Fairness is bounce. Um, but... I've just kind of learned through therapy, like ask directly for what you need from people in this time. So I'm usually a little, you know, send a little text like, hey, guys, like I have my scan today. Like, are you guys free to get dinner? Yeah. Or to hang out? And the people I say this all the time on here, the people you want to keep around will be there for you. Yes. 100%. Do not push. Do not push a relationship, platonic, romantic, any which way, where you feel like it's very one sided. And, yeah. you know, as cancer patients, we don't have that much energy. I don't know about you, Camille, but I feel like my social battery is way lower than it used to be. Um, yeah, that's someone who's extremely extroverted saying that, where like, I'm like, the party starts at 10. What? You know, like, it's like, <laughs> if you're 
if you're really pushing, even if it's someone who was very supportive of you in your past, if they're not supportive of you at the best of times and at the worst of times, then they're not a good support. Yeah, especially during scans. Like, you know, I feel like there's those type of people that, like, you know, are close. Like, you're not, I wouldn't say frenemies. I miss frenemies. Acquaintances. (laughs) Acquaintances, yes. That, like, you know... I, I wouldn't rely on yeah. during during this time. I would I would yeah. recommend definitely the people that deeply deeply care about you. Um, you know, I, I mean, for me, even when I was at college, I'm currently not at college, but um, my friends and I, we would just sit in my room and they would do work, and just having them around and not being alone with yeah. it was so so helpful. There's there's something that I really appreciate. I know that there's an official term for it that I'm blanking on right now. One of my favorite things to do, especially when I'm exhausted after scans, something about PET scans, about the anxiety leading up to it, about the dread of the results. What am I going to hear from my radiologist? What am I going to hear from my oncologist? When's the report going to come out? All of that is extremely exhausting, and it's also hard on your body. So you just kind of want to rest and relax. So pick out one of your favorite movies and say, hey, do you want to watch this? Or one of my favorite things to do, which is going to sound so aggressively Gen Z, is sit on opposite sides of the couch with your parent or your friends or your siblings, whoever are your support, your significant other, it doesn't matter, and just be together doing separate activities in the same space. Yeah, it's cohabitating. Cohabitating. Comfortable silence is what I like to call it. But like my best friend and I, we went to Lake Arrowhead in September for a little girls trip. And yes, again, both of us were 23 at the time. Um, we played some drinking games. You know, we watched some TV. Um, we went out. We did a helicopter tour. It was a very fun trip. But I I had just gotten some bad news from a scan and I actually got some results while we were on the trip. And some of my favorite moments of that trip are when she was sitting in the really cutesy, very boho chic like hanging from the ceiling chair and writing her book while I was, you know, reading or on my phone scrolling through TikTok. And it was just nice knowing that someone who cares about you is there if you want to talk, but also there if you don't. Also just there to be an entity of support. Support doesn't have to be verbal is essentially what I'm trying to say. It's yeah. just about being there. Yeah. Being there is the best thing you can do for someone who's skanxious. <laughs> yes. Or just anxious in general. Yeah. I, and the whole cancer journey is, you know, anxiety provoking. So whatever journey, whatever place in your journey you're at. And I also do want to say, like, no matter if you're the type of person that needs to be doing something actively to stay grounded and cope with scanxiety or if you're someone that just wants to be alone and wants to be with yourself or cohabit any way that you cope is so valid and so as long as it's healthy as long as it's healthy as long as it's healthy and you know we're not coming on here and saying being with people is going to make the situation entirely better and you're we're going to cure your cancer by being with people no no, that's not how it works. We want to make this 
the best it can be possibly without making it worse. Yeah. However, you need to do that. Yeah. So, um, I read I read a lot of studies when I was still in school. Um, one of my favorite topics to look into was the impact of social support on people with life threatening illnesses. Um, so I I should read a mini paper on it at one point. So I wouldn't say I'm anywhere near an expert level, but uh, from the papers that I've read, um, from you know big sources, you know like big scientific organizations. Um, social support is really helpful and it doesn't, the quantity of how many people doesn't matter. You feel like, well, I don't feel like I have any friends. I don't feel like, well, sometimes social media can actually be helpful. Like there are a lot of cancer meme pages that talk about skin anxiety. Um, one of my favorites is the cancer patient. There's another one called, oh, you're so tough. Both of those are really great sources where you just feel less alone. You just don't, while your experience is unique to you, you don't want to feel like you're going through it by yourself. Right. So the, there are multiple, multiple ways to alleviate skin anxiety. And other than unhealthy ways, there is no incorrect way to cope. Like I love ordering in a bunch of sushi with my mom. I That's one of the things we like to do. If I feel okay to eat, that's it. <laughs> Sorry. That's what we're going to do. I like being at home with the pets. I, Even though I'm scared that I'm somehow going to give them radiation poison <laughs> after the pet. You uh, did not tell me about that when I got my pet scan. Because <laughs> I usually don't get pet scans, but I got one after yeah. the recent relapse. What if my... Oh my god, Freya. My cat Freya. She's so... She's fine. She's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's, it's like really, really small. <laughs> yeah and it's just it's just very weird and it's it's so weird that it's like oh yeah i i just every three to four ish months i get dosed with the same amount of radiation that is two years of sun exposure you know it's like <laughs> it's like super casual um and the reason why i have had so many ct scans specifically is because of my lung metastases and I do CT-guided lung ablations where they freeze the tumors in a minimally invasive procedure, but they do about 10 to 15, if not more, CT scans throughout the procedure because that's how they guide the probes rather than doing a full incision and going in. That's why it's minimally invasive. So that's why I was like, I, I have had the most CTs most likely. Um, yeah, definitely. Definitely. But uh, that's just because- When you I first said that, I was like- 25 plus ablations and you know oh my god yeah and i i'm very grateful for them but i so i am the ct queen i will i will take on that all hail the ct queen that that title but i um yeah i i knew it was really important for us to do this episode i knew camille did too just because skin anxiety is a very there are very few universal experiences in the cancer verse, if you will, the <laughs> cancer verse. Um, sometimes we call it the cancer channel in my house. Um, but skin anxiety is one of them. And one of my best pieces of advice is the cancer is going to be there whether or not you get this scam. Yeah. 
Scams are not the enemy. Scams are what tell you what you can do to get better. Exactly. That's a really good insight. I've never I've never thought of it that way. Like I'm there's a monkey messengers. Yeah. They are just messengers and they help, you know, your team decide, okay, this is can you imagine if we were in like the eighteen hundreds and Oh no, we'd be dead. You'd be dead. I, I mean I would have been dead beforehand. I probably would have been burned at the stake for witchcraft <laughs> or something. I would have been lobotomized probably. <laughs> oh god but um you know it as cheesy as it is to have some gratitude for the scientific advances that agreed have in this 2023 um era and you know in so many ways we're not quite there yet where there's cures for some things but there are tools yes to help us along and i mean we're still kicking we're still here yeah i mean you're you're you just hit your 10 year i just hit my yeah i'm, I'm hitting my five year in september it's it's crazy it's crazy we're we're the long haulers and <laughs> that, that that i think that's why we feel like we should take not advantage of our platform but why we should use our platform to talk about anxiety because it's something that has been a huge part of our lives for Camille essentially half your life mm-hmm. has been plagued by cancer and anxiety um but practicing gratitude for all the good things if you're scared like I'm scared that the scan results are going to tell you something that will mess up how happy you are in your current life be happy that there's something to mess up Right. Don't feel bad that other people are upset for you. Be grateful that they love you so much that they care if something happens to you. Yeah, it sucks if you have to, because I feel like when you are the patient, you have to do a lot of the consoling for the people in your life. You know, it's like, like, like it's really my mom and I against the world throughout all of this. And I know it's very hard on her. And it's just as taxing on her as it is on me. And it is very real that anxiety is not just for the patient, but for the friends, the significant others, the siblings, the mothers, the fathers, the other parental guardians. Uh, great uncle, <laughs> Uncle Jim. <laughs> yeah, my great uncle Jim. That's my dad's name. So I. It, oh. oh. <laughs> um, I did not know that guy, but I didn't know. So, but you know, it's just nerve-wracking and it's nerve-wracking for people who don't have cancer as well my half-brother i'm prefacing this with his spine his surgery went really well it's non-cancerous he's okay um he had to have uh acoustic neuroma removed from his brain right by his left ear he's okay his surgery went really well i was going to go visit him this month but me having mono was probably uh not the most not 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 the move not the the caring decision to make um i don't want to expose him to anything while he's recovering um but yeah so he's he's doing okay but he was so nervous for his scans every time he'd go in because he knew he had it um and it's all it only becomes an issue if it grows rapidly um because he he had it for a few years and didn't even tell us until like two months ago i'm like whatever anyway 
Um, but he was always anxious for his scans over the past few months. And I would just tell him that these are just going to give your doctors the information that they need to treat you in the best way possible. And just know that I'm here for you. It's something that I've been through, even though you have your own unique experience. If you want to talk, I'm here. If you want memes, I'm also here. Um, and one of the best questions I've learned to ask is, do you want love? And care, like, do you want love or do you want silence? Or do you, do you want love and silence or do you want advice? Do you just want a hug? Questions like that, you can figure out how to phrase it that best treads your vernacular. Um, but yeah, I mean, just be cognizant of through being overbearing because when you're anxious, you can rush out of the people you care about. Um, which is very real, but yeah, I mean, just and telling, like Camille, like you said earlier, telling the people that care for you and that you care about what they can, how they can best serve you in your time of need is the quickest and easiest way to get the support that you want and that you truly need. Um, social support can, um, or has been shown to doesn't mean it's a guarantee um increase life expectancy not just in life-threatening illnesses but throughout all the humanity i feel like i remember reading that it's in my psychopathology yes i it was in it was in my bio psych class and in my psychology and happiness class that i read about that um in depth and of course it was a few years ago so i apologize if i'm misphrasing anything um but yeah social support is is key throughout all of this and like i said before social support doesn't have to be a giant group of people it can be someone reading next to you it can be you watching a movie where you connect with the characters it can be so many different things but just seek out support if you really are anxious it's anxious so what are, what would you say are like some boundaries that you would set with yourself and with others around you? Yeah, I, I think for me, the biggest thing is that I, well, I'm not supposed to, but the urge to look at the reports when it comes out is immense, but to try and not look at the reports because sometimes I mean, I go to a teaching hospital. Sometimes the people are reading the scans, especially when my scans are so confusing to read. Like, they usually have to go to, like, three or four people before we get a final confirmation. So someone getting the first glance on it, and maybe they're not, they're a radiologist. Maybe they're not an oncology radiologist. Sometimes... It can be a little dicey. Sometimes I've had things measured wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, some, I mean, that I think one time they measured it bigger than it actually was, and one time they measured it smaller than it actually was. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, but trying and resisting the urge to look at that report as much as you can and wait until 
you have a phone call with your oncologist, uh, an appointment with your oncologist, just to not go to an absolute freak out zone. Yeah. And with my mom, it's the same thing. Like she has a like, oh, I'm going to wait for Melissa, my oncologist. She wants to yeah. love you, babe. Um, <laughs> oh my god but yeah we we really want especially in a cancer that is so complicated we want to get the experts yeah you on it the you want the people who are the expert in your cancer the cancer the people who have treated you before that's who you want reading your scans because they know your cancer just as well if not better than you do and so it's very important to listen to the people who have seen your scans in the past know your full medical history because if you're just some radiologist who's just you know flipping through reports you're just going to report what you see and what your oncologist knows is scar tissue they might think is, is potentially a tumor or they might potentially think is something that's wrong and you never know. So it, it it is best to wait for a trained professional to go over the reports I mean, with you. Every, every doctor, everyone's gonna look. We're all gonna look. We all know we're gonna look. We're all gonna just take I it by the grain of salt. I just thought I'd say that something sweet for the kids. Um, but try to <laughs> <laughs> to try and do that. But you know, this you can't always do that. You can't. Yeah. Um, one fun way uh, to to end ish on a happy note. Um, one of my favorite ways to help with anxiety is mini dance party. Now, I am not a good dancer anymore. Uh, I know that because of my limb salvage, there are certain things I can't do. I can't get low anymore. And mm-hmm. as 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 someone who was a young adult, that's very that's very pressing. It's very difficult. <laughs> Um, I can't get low anymore. <laughs> can't get low anymore. I can't wall twerk anymore. I know. Uh, not that I was ever doing that. I was never <laughs> enough to do anything like that. Uh, um, but just have a dance party with yourself. Put on some of your favorite tunes. Or if you're in, you know, sad person mode, that's totally fine too. Throw on some VB Bridgers and just yes. cry. What Egypt album? What new Boy Genius album? Cool about it. Lug. Um, listen, uh, listener discretion is advised for that song. Um, but yeah, just, uh, do things that bring you joy. Um, and if things that bring you joy normally aren't bringing you joy, talk to your doctor. Uh, (laughs) share mental health provider. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah, just know that every emotion that you're feeling is valid and if you want it to be heard speak it if you don't and there are people out here in the world me and mia that yes fully get it you're not alone in this and yeah you've got this and you can use resources that mib has um we have a lot of different support groups of the junior advisory board um, you can follow our personal stories on and accounts. Yes. Warrior mail that can be sent. Yeah, warrior mail is really helpful. But just know and, and things like going to factor. Like I feel so much closer to 
the people that I met there, like Carrie even came to visit me a few months ago, who was our junior advisory board president of 2022. I was her vice president, Camille was on the board um, as well. And obviously I've met Camille a bajillion times through personal FaceTimes and just texting and chatting and through this wonderful baby that she has created that I have so gratefully um, become a part of as well. Uh, MIB has really made a difference for me in, in social support. And again, just driving that point home, wherever you can find social support, engage in it as long as it's a group that really cares about your best interests. And on that note, everyone, that's the two. Thank you guys for listening. Skin Zine Teaster for Factor 2023 Healing Hearts. Yes, none. And until next time, that is the team.